0: Listening to the Chill Spot Radio. Mental health, especially amongst people of color, has long been stigmatized, inadvertently keeping our people from accessing and reaching mental well being. This podcast aims to transform stigma into strength. Your hosts work in the mental health field, bearing in their experience within the mental health profession. We thank you for your time in this brave space. Welcome to the Chill Spot Radio. believe this is episode six, right? Yeah, we are doing it. (laughs) Um, I'm your host, uh, Jared Morgan, and my co-host
1: Dr. Alan Lipscomb. Welcome back, everyone.
0: And today we're going to be having a discussion with uh, Leroy Mitchell from uh, Beam Collective. Uh, I'll let Leroy talk about himself uh, as well as Beam Collective, and then we'll just get into a conversation about it. Uh, Leroy, please.
2: Yeah, Jared, Dr. Allen, uh, thank you so much for for taking the time and making this space uh, for us to connect in community. Um, as was mentioned, my name's Leroy Mitchell, the masculinity and mental health trainer uh, for Beam. Um, so I really explore the intersections and the socialization of of males and and how that how masculinity. Um, shows up in our relationships to ourselves and to our community um, and to our loved ones and society um, as a whole. Um, so BEAM stands for Black Emotional and Mental Health. Um, we are a national training movement uh, building and grant-making institution dedicated to the healing, wellness, and liberation of Black and marginalized communities and uh, looking forward to diving more in depth with you all about what that looks like and, and how we make that happen.
1: Yeah, you know, as, as I'm hearing you talk about BEAM and then just give a, a little overview, I'm like, y'all dope. <laughs> like, <laughs> because, you know, I, I've, I've had the experience of being in space, virtual space with you all. And I'm like, they do a hell of a lot more. And, and the felt experience is what I, was, what I was left with. And for those of you um, who are not familiar with BEAM, Uh, hopefully by the end of this uh, episode, you would know more about BEAM, how to become connected with BEAM. But I got introduced to BEAM um, last month, actually. Um, Early last month, Leroy reached out to me, heard about me and my work that I was doing and asked me to be a part of this great uh, panel um, that was held and the title of that panel was uh, fighting for ourselves as we fight against the system—a conversation on masculinity, police brutality, and healing—and so the title alone was powerful,
2: right? Man,
1: right. <clears throat> uh, and um, one of the things that that stuck with me is the way in which you all held that space and, and, and was very intentional about what you were doing and what mm-hmm. you were not doing, mm-hmm. and also how you wanted and encouraged and invited other folks to be in community and mm-hmm. space, virtually mm-hmm. speaking, which was which was pretty, pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Can you, you share a little bit about Beam when it was established, what's your mission, what's your values, et cetera?
0: Yeah, yeah, thank and, you. Uh, before we actually get into that, uh, Dr. Lipscomb, you've said that now three times uh, about um, how you felt in that um, right. <laughs> in that virtual space. Can you just please articulate that a little more for me because like, sure. And for people, you know, who, are, who might be listening. Who weren't there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, Jared is like, you've said that three times before we started <laughs> today and you're saying it more. Um, I-, I guess that the way that I can describe it was... I
2: felt like
1: the space was unapologetically a space for black masculine folks and intentional about healing, mental health and trauma. And it was done in such a way that created a level of, I'm not gonna even say safety, but it created a level of security in a way that has never been secure for me in other physical spaces, let alone a virtual space, that it really connected with my spirit and, and who I am as not only a human, but a black body person, masculine person. And it was so affirming for me how intentional that was and I've never been in spaces like that before and so I was like damn why am I just now experiencing this where the hell has being been at all my life is is uh, the feeling in a good way um, mm-hmm. after experiencing that and mind you this was a panelist this wasn't a group you know this wasn't individual therapy or anything like that thinking about traditional ways and Western ways of thinking about how we come about healing and I think that's the piece that I'm going to end this part with. Is it was healing and reassuring for me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you asking about that, Jared.
0: No, thank you. And uh, I connected with that. I, I think I, I think I know what you mean. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. I'm Sorry to knock you off track, Mikey.
2: No, I. First off, thank you, thank you, Dr. Allen, for for your presence in that space. I mean, I think. Uh, you know when you say the feeling of it was was secure um that's like you said that's something we're extremely intentional about and your presence in that space and your vulnerability in that space definitely helped create you know that community um for other folks to be seen um and for their experiences to be honored so you know shout out to you for for being in that space and moving And being vulnerable, showing up how you did to create that, um, to to create that environment for everyone. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think being we are a like I said, a national training, movement building and grant making institution, you know, dedicated to healing, wellness, and liberation of Black and marginalized communities. Uh, we do this in, in three ways. Uh, so the the first the first way is through training and peer support. Um, you know, we recognize that, and Dr. Litsko you said it—that um, Western framework, you know, that Western white framework of what what healing can look like. You know, we recognize, and we're extremely intentional in saying that folks in our communities and the folks who are on the front lines of supporting others in in, in mental distress, um, you know, and doing facilitating. You know, that healing, they aren't the therapists. You know, they aren't the social workers. They're the barbers. They're the hairstylists. That part. part. the the pastors. It's auntie and them, you know, down the street. And so those are the gatekeepers. You know, those are the the, the first responders, if you will. You know, the activists, the parents. And so, you know, those folks, those folks, they can either support a community with, with getting, you know, the support of, and the things that they need uh, for their wellness, or they can become barriers. So um, it's like, what do we do at Beam to focus on supporting these folks who are on the front lines? You know, how do we support them with offering tools of healing justice and offering them and supporting them um, with with getting that information so that they can be so they can peer support and they can be the ones that are showing up. And then when needed uh having the knowledge and the tools necessary to to connect our folks to connect our folks with with other means of of support if needed Um, and uh you know i think that's a i think we were intentional about that and i think part of us being seen in that space um part of everyone feeling that connection in the space is us centering centering our Black experiences and centering the ways in which we yes. experience mental health. Um, that's that's huge, and we're extremely intentional about that. Uh, the second ways in which we support, grant-making and, and coalition-building. Uh, so we know the work doesn't start with BEAM, and it doesn't end with BEAM. You know, so we are there supporting all folks doing this work. Um, and you know, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that You know all the work that we do you know we are standing upon and building upon a legacy and foundation of folks who've been doing this work you know if if you're a black person you know in america or or a person of color in america that means that um you come from a long tradition you come from a line of ancestors who have despite the oppression despite all the systemic barriers to your healing. Um, they chose to survive, you know, and still I rise, they chose to put their healing first. And so uh, this is Black trans folk, uh, Black queer folk, Black women, um, you know, Black uh, non-binary, gender non- non-binary folks. So we just want to honor uh, them with all the work that we do and say that they're they're the ones that are doing the work. So we continue that a tradition and we build upon that foundation that they've set. Um, You know, and so part of that is the grant making. Um, So we support uh, communities in the South who are doing this work uh, with with micro grants, you know, so they can continue to do that healing work, that that wellness work, you know, supporting with our um, Southern Healing Support Fund, you know, supporting communities that have gardens you know, a community gardens, so that they can do that work. Um, and then, lastly, organizational wellness. You know, we understand that we can be doing all this work in ourselves and our communities to wellness and and healing. Um, but you know, it comes a point in time. It can be we can do all this work, but then go to an institution. We go to a school. You know, we go to our job. We go into all these different organizations and you know, our lived experience and our wellness is not centered. Um, so part of us, part of the work that we do is getting into those organizations and those institutions and teaching them and modeling for them um, how they can center that wellness um, and, and center the, the wholeness of Black folks and the Black experience as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's great. And and are these just black organizations? Or are you also helping organizations that may just have some black employees who are a little bit more progressive and open to these kind of uh, trainings or consultations?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we're all, all organizations, you know, all organizations, um, whether it's you know, majority folks of color in your organization, Black folks in your organization, or if there's just one, um, you know, I mean, especially if, you know, if there's just one, then saying, okay, what about my structure? What about my organization? Is it that there's only one person of color in it working with us? And then, especially if there is, are those few, how do we ensure that we are creating systems and organizations, organizational structures that are, there to support and not cause harm, you know, um, with that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Can, can you
1: share a little bit? And I know I'm going back just slightly, uh, Leroy, but for those who want to know, wow, like me, when was, when was this established? Who started beam? Right. right. Can you share a little bit, give a little historical context and, and also some, um, uh, Acknowledgement
2: to uh who started the Beam. Yeah, so shout out to YOLO Akili Robinson. Uh he's our founder, um, you know, executive director. He founded Beam in 2016. Um, and it was because, you know, in the work that he was doing, and uh, you know, I'm speaking on his behalf so he can say this a lot better than me. So YOLO, if you're listening, my bad. Apologies if I miss anything. Um, but he did see those gaps. He saw those gaps in the organizations. He saw those gaps in uh, what we say clinical mental health support, where, you know, the, the, the language wasn't matching the, the experience of Black folks. You know, we come in and a, a Black person may say, uh, go to a therapist and say, oh, I have, I have nerves. And then a the therapist may say, no, 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 you don't have nerves. You have anxiety you know and so like that's hard um and so supporting mental health professionals supporting organizations with um the understanding the knowledge that's critical uh to to center again the ways in which mental health shows up in black communities um and validating validating and saying that you're we, we may have different terms for your experience but really leaning in and validating Black folks' experience and saying, you know, how can we, you know, can you tell me more about nerves? But what was that experience like for you when you have nerves? What is that? How does that show up? How does that show up for you and your family? Um, So yeah, I think that's where he began this. Um, And then, you know, I remember, I think this was about a year ago, um, I was in my own journey you know, with my own healing. And I happened to see this flyer, Black Masculinity Reimagined. And so I was like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, and your experience, Alan, was very similar to mine, um, where, you know, I had never felt so seen. I had literally just never felt so much in my entire life. You know, firstly, being aware of this completely different side of myself that I was never attuned to that I didn't know existed. And so, you know, that's why um, you know, I was like, yo, YOLO, how can I support in any way? I want to be a part of this, yeah, that feeling of liberation and being seen that I experienced. It's like, YOLO, how can I support with that? And and um, you know, with our Black Masculinity Reimagined initiative and, and the work that I'm doing now, I'm a part of that. So um shout out to YOLO for for creating that
0: space. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, that, 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 that brings something up for me where I, I've heard before of about um, you know, trying to, to teach um, non-black uh, clinicians um, how to work with black people. But I also think it's like really important to increase the amount of Black clinicians that are out there to be able to be helpful. I've, I've had a uh, um, a Black therapist since I was uh, uh 12 or 11 or 12, and I he very much grew up the same way that I did here in, in Los Angeles, and that connection just makes me always feel so heard his experience and being able to to relate that, and I I think it's extremely important to have. Um, organization like this that is able to support people um you know they they always say people are gonna or black people are gonna trust more doctors if there's more black doctors um that's something in my current job that we're always working on increasing the number of uh physicians um so that we can you know build that that relationship between medical field and, and and black people
2: yeah most definitely and um I just want to name that being we don't offer mental health and clinical, you mm-hmm. know, therapy services. We don't offer clinical mental health, mm-hmm. but we what we do have, and um, especially now, uh, what resonates and what a lot of folks uh, who are familiar with being love of, of, about us is we have our Black virtual therapist network. Yeah, um, it's not and that. so you know, you, yeah, you can go on our website. And, you know, you can see, you can be connected with, you know, with a Black therapist, someone who can meet you where you're at and who can understand and someone who, like we talked about, can, can better validate your experiences, um, can better hold and, and, you know, normalize the things that you may be experiencing. Um, so, you know, we, we direct so many people to our Black, uh, black virtual therapist uh, network um it's such a helpful tool because you know again it, it is tough it is tough to 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 find black therapists i mean that's you know something yeah. about myself you know are, so that's that's a struggle with me today that's something that me personally that that yeah. i'm struggling with that that that's a challenge around you know finding finding folks that can support me in the ways that i mean mm-hmm.
1: Tell us a little bit, Leroy, about what has it been like over the past two and a half months? What was it like prior? And I'm just going to name it George Floyd's death. And and, and what was what has it been like now
2: Mm -hmm. for being? Mm -hmm. Right, right. So, um, you know, first, even before Breonna Taylor, George Floyd and the uprising, there was COVID. Um, And there was you know, mental health support, um, emotional support needed, you know, for for the communities. And so um, us holding that space for folks to process um, and share experiences about how COVID was impacting them uh, was one. And then on top of that, uh, with with the uprisings and that occurring, um, I think, you know, I'm very thankful for being in a and I'm proud of us is us being very responsive of, very responsive to the community. And for us, a big thing was just holding space. Holding space for the vastness of experiences, for the vastness of the emotional um, experiences of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we we held heart spaces where folks could just come in and and share express um even if they didn't know what they were feeling Mm -hmm. like that's a space where you can just say i don't even know how to feel like help me out and just holding that honoring that um so heart spaces um i think particular you know with folks being at home like the increase in domestic violence the increase the part intimate partner violence so it's being responsive to that um, and making tools for, for folks to self de-escalate um, and, and, you know, show, support folks with, with uh, self de-escalation and making sure that we can show up for each other um, in ways that don't create even more harm. Um, different ways of expression. So writing workshops, poetry workshops, somatic workshops. You know, maybe I can't express, I can't name my emotion, but let me get moving. You know, mm. somatics. So so there, um, our Reiki workshops, you know, dealing with energy. And so just nice. offering. Um, you know, I think for us it's like mental health. There's the clinical the clinical mental health component again, but again, like we saying, honor that mental health can look like a lot of different things. Yes. And so whether that be the the writing, um the, the somatics and the movement, there yes. are so many different ways for folks to just take care of themselves, um, yeah. is how we've responded um, to, to the uprisings. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, one mm-hmm. of the things that I like, and, and you triggered a thought for me, in following uh, Beam on my social media on, on Instagram and Facebook is you all post like toolkits and mm-hmm. things that you can use. Or affirmations one of the things that spoke to me I believe it was last week that was posted on Instagram it was like something on the effects of I listened to my body in what I needed today
2: mm-hmm. right. I'm
1: like you know so even things like that right really resonates and speaks with me it speaks to me and even if I haven't thought about it that allowed me to take a moment to pause and think about mm-hmm. have I moved in a way today to really listen to my body And if I have it, let me do that right now and really Mm -hmm.
2: listen to my body. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's another thing we're extremely intentional about. You know, we get it. Somebody may not be able to uh, tune in to two hour long um, workshop, you know, on anxiety. They may not be able to do that for several reasons. You know, accessibility one, maybe that's just not where they're at right now um, in terms of, uh you know being able to hold that hold that and feeling comfortable being in that space like we understand that we honor that that's completely legitimate um and if we can support folks in any way with a tool you know you may not be able to go to a two-hour workshop but if you have that affirmation like you said if you can see that journal prompt um and you know you don't have to go to a two-hour session but if you can just get that little bit like that counts too. Yeah, uh, yeah. With yeah, I was looking at it, and and this is specifically with our Black masculinity Reimagine uh, work that we've done from January to June. Uh, we've had over, I believe, like four thousand shares of our different tools. You know, it's been saved over twenty five hundred times. Um, you know, we've made over eighty thousand impressions so it's like you know okay we we get 60 folks to a workshop amazing but if 600 people can share and use that tool like that's that's the work as well yes yes that's the work and that's and that's embodying and that's being in the community and supporting the community right there and meeting folks where they're at um you know and that's you know, that's what I love about the work that we do. And so I'm, again, so grateful that you know, I can be a part of that.
0: Yeah, and I think this is perfect, too, because mm-hmm. this is part of that. It, it, it's uh, providing tools for that, that healing that uh, Dr. Lipscomb and I had talked about on some previous episodes, um, more so mm-hmm. about what these events were possibly making us feel like right now, and the mm-hmm. need to search for some of this healing and now we have you know an organization that's providing tools for that healing i think that's great i will definitely be putting um we'll put the the website up on on um on our website um under this this episode so if you know people want to link themselves to it and and, and join the next workshops yeah. so- so Leroy, I'm wondering if you can define and
1: operationalize for our listeners, what do you mean by Black Masculine, mm-hmm. Black Masculinity? Because for our listeners, I know that they're probably thinking, okay, I understand what BEAM is, I'm getting an idea of what you all do, but what does that mean? Who, who are you really targeting when you say Black Masculine?
2: Right, right, yeah, and so, um the work that we do with black masculinity, reimagine, one of the big things is, you know, when we think of the term masculinity, black masculinity, I think oftentimes is the case. Folks automatically think about black cis straight male, you know? And um when all actuality, you know, if we are to um if we are to really do the healing work. If we are to be whole within ourselves, we think, you know, at being that it's imperative that we, and it's essential that we explore, we explore our relationship between that idea of masculinity and the um, patriarchy and, and the other isms, you know, the misogyny and, and all this that comes along with that. You know, we first have to identify that the transphobia, the homophobia, you know, that is crucial. Before we do that healing work uh, on ourselves, we first have to acknowledge that. Um, So when we say black masculine folks, we are calling in awful, we're calling in, you know, gay black men, trans black men, um, you know, just queer black men as a whole. You know, women who present more as masculine, you know, butch butch folks, like all folks, um, to examine this concept of masculinity because we need everybody in the room. And for too long, you know, trans, trans folk, um, gay folk, you know, bisexual folk, they haven't been part of those conversations. Yes. Um, And that's why it's crucial, you know, for us when we talk about black masculinity to involve them and create space that is intentional you know uh, about hearing them because you know we all have you know we all have perspectives that we can learn from and we are all we can all be part you know uh, uh, of our you know respective healing you know so um well, that's what we talk about when we talk about masculinity
0: mm-hmm. I love it. It's a uh, decolonizing masculinity because it is very Anglo-Saxon. Or exactly. Kind or of our, our general understanding of it.
2: Exactly. Because you know, one thing that we talk about in our workshops is like, you know, we oftentimes we don't agree. We don't subscribe to and we don't sign off on what white folks think that blackness should look like. Come on. But oftentimes, come on. you know, we stop there and it's yes. like so we don't talk about that, but yeah, we accept what it means to be a man. We accept the white idea yes. um, of what it means to be a man
1: Yes, you know? so yes.
2: White and what it means to be a masculine person. And that definitely isn't me. I believe bell hooks said it. I'm sorry. Like, you know, give credit where credit's due. That part. Um, right. So I believe it was bell hooks. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, that's, that's what we say. You know, why do we just stop there? Because if we are going to do away with, if we are going to break all barriers, yes. you know, white supremacy, capitalism, all that, we got to look yes. at it all. We have to break it all down. You can't break one down and leave leave the others up. That part. You know, we got to explore it all.
1: That's everything. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things going back to the, the panel that I was a part of last month that really stuck with me and struck me in, a, in, in the best way possible is when you asked the question along the effects of talk about can you share a little bit about your journey around healing and returning back to self and being whole etc something along that effect mm-hmm. and one of the, the panelists talked about their, their journey around their, their mental wellness and health and healing And they were talking about uh, black women being an integral part in their journey towards uh, coming back to self and healing and mental health, et cetera, which which was powerful and and great that they talked about that. And what I loved about the, the next piece of what happened was that while you acknowledged and validated the role of black women in his life and black feminist women in his life, you also returned it back to him to identify what was his part in it in returning back to self. Can you talk a little bit about that and your intentions on why you wanted that to be intentional in him talking about his process that he was involved in?
2: Most definitely, most definitely. So I think for far too long, along with the common ideas of masculinity that um, that us, us folks hold along with that, um, comes the misogyny and, and comes, you know, harm and, and a lot of the responsibility and a lot of the uh, big portion, if not all, of the burden to support families and to support Black communities for far too long, that has landed because, you know, Black or folks who were socialized as men in our communities weren't able to show up emotionally, you know, weren't able to do all these things. Um, that burden has been placed upon Black women, Black femme, Black femme folks. And so for us, again, you know, we, we like to say we are the work. Um, you know, so we are all, we, we don't think, we have core assumptions, you know, so being we have core assumptions and, and one of the core assumptions is that, you know, we all have the isms. We all have the isms. You know it's not a it's not really uh, uh, it, it's not really uh, beneficial for us to talk to. It doesn't move the needle for us to say, am I misogynistic? am I you know homophobic? um it's where is that showing up in my life?
0: you know yeah, where art. is that
2: showing up because when we grow up and when we've been living in such a capitalist misogynistic, you know, A nation that was founded upon that, of course, we're going to pick up on that. And of Mm -hmm. course, there's going to be privileges that are placed upon us, you know, and that's why it's crucial for us to say, not if we are, but where is that showing up? And then more importantly, what do I do? What do I do in response to that to stop harm from occurring and show up in ways that are supportive? And so, you know, I think in reframing that, it was crucial for us to say, what what's the work that we need to do ourselves, and taking accountability, because that's where it starts. Um, us as masculine folks taking accountability, um, and the other panelists there. What I loved is, you know, he said, "We need to follow. We need to follow." You know. Be accountable to ourselves and follow the lead of you know black women and black femme folks and queer yes. folks and trans folks who have been doing the work. That part. You know, like emotional telling naming feelings, they've been doing that. That part. You know, so how do we take the lead or how do we, you know, follow them? How do we learn from them? Nice. You know, and and at the same time doing the work on ourselves. I love
1: everything about that. I love Mm -hmm. everything. And I know folks were like, thank you for saying it that way, because it was so, so powerful when you did it. And when I reflected back on it too, and then hearing you um, today talking about it. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you this question, and this is for our white folk who are listening and who will be listening to this. And I'm asking this question because I know this comes up for me. Folks ask mm-hmm. me this question when I'm doing events and putting on trainings and workshops. They'll ask, is this a space for me? Like can, mm-hmm. can, I, can I participate in these spaces? I wanna learn, I, I wanna educate myself or I wanna be a part of this or is this a sacred space just for black folk? So I'm wondering if you can uh, spend a, a, a moment or two talking to the white folk in the space who are hearing these great things about being, but then they're wondering, okay, is this a space for me?
2: Right, yeah, no, that's a great question. And part of the container building that you witness, Alan, and that you're a part of is we name it, we say to our allies, we appreciate that you are in this space, you know? Um, showing up like that, that means a lot, that's important. However, we need to be very clear that for far too long, and and often in spaces, Black Black voices, Black experiences haven't been centered, you know, haven't been validated. And so we make it very clear. um, We're extremely intentional about naming that to our allies, to our non-Black, you know, allies that, our conversation is going to be focused and centered on the black experience and blackness in that space, um, for one. And then two, you know, we invite, you know, we invite if you are feeling uncomfortable, like if you are like, Oh, if you feel some type of way about that, you know, we say, that's an opportunity for you. Cause like we said, we all have isms, you know, we all have isms. We've all learned those isms. And so, if you are feeling uncomfortable, take that as an opportunity. Look within, you know, look within, see what are the ideas? What are the assumptions? You know, what are some of the things that I've held to be true? Um, what are those things is, is what, and how did those, what's the relationship between those ideas that I hold and what's, been, what's being said to me in this, in this moment? So think, is this an opportunity for me to grow? What can I learn, you know? Um, Cause like I said, we are all, we are the work. And so, you know, we can't be too proud to say I, I'm woke. So I don't need to do any more work. Like I'm good, all there is to know. That part, that part. Like, no, you know what I mean? It's like, there's always work to be done. And, and so to our non-black, you know, allies, um, of course we encourage you to come uh, but know that blackness is centered at all times. And if there is time for you to, even if you do feel uncomfortable, it's an opportunity for you to learn um, and examine, you know, and grow. Like, what is that telling you? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Fall back and reflect.
0: Mm-hmm. Just just, just as an example, uh, I that's how I felt in uh, gender studies class in, in university. It was only four males in the class. And, you know, it was like being black, I think I knew already how to just sit back and listen a little bit. Yeah. But there was some uncomfortableness. And it was like, well, why is that making me uncomfortable? Well, because right. what they're talking about is right. Um, yeah. There was this privilege to being male that I hadn't necessarily recognized before.
2: Yeah. And that's true. And I mean, when we hear things like, I think it's a lot of times what we do again, you know, with our container building, we keep on going back to that, but I think that's just so essential to to what we do. Um, What we say is we focus on actions, behaviors and beliefs, you know, because we believe everyone has imminent value. You know, we get caught up in oh, I'm valuable because of my job, or I'm valuable because of this, or I'm valuable because of that. Like, no, 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 no. You're a human being, so you are valuable, and you deserve respect and you deserve dignity. So we start off with that, and then two, we say we again focus on actions, behaviors, and ideas. Um, you know, I'm not gonna say, oh. Or, oh, Alan's a bad person because blah, 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 blah. Because if you say, oh, Alan is racist, or if someone were to say, oh, Leroy is racist, I'm automatically going to get defensive, and I'm going to shut down. And that, that shuts down all communication, all avenues and venues of communication and understanding. But if I were to say Leroy, if someone were to say Leroy, your actions or the way you showed up in that space was racist that action was misogynistic, nice. then one, what we do, we create an opening, we create opportunity, you know, because we honor, we're saying, hey, I see you as a person, I respect you as a person, you have imminent value. We need to focus on this. We need to, ooh, well, let's, let's look at this idea. Let's look at this behavior. Let's look at this action. You know, so can, when we separate the person from the action, that's when we, we increase that space. Of empathy. That's when we increase that space for understanding. And that's that area where we can work with and we can work in um, to show up for each other in the ways that we need. I love that.
1: I love that. I just want to uh, highlight the container. I know you said I keep talking th- you keep talking about it, but for those of you who are not familiar with it, it is everything. The container, I remember YOLO did it um, at the beginning of the, the panel discussion. And it was about 30 minutes uh, of container and containing and setting intentions and foundation. And I never experienced done, experienced it being done that way and the way he did it. So um, and not only intentional, but loving. You know, his mm-hmm. tone of voice, his cadence, his spirit, his mm-hmm. his level of affirming the space was mm-hmm. so powerful. And mm-hmm. that, that is something that I we want YOLO definitely to come on for sure. And that's something right. that I would love for him to do for us and, and embrace us with that because mm-hmm. it's the gift that keeps on giving. And I was thinking to myself, I need to hear this fucking every day. Like I need <laughs> to this needs to be on constant repeat. Right as I start my day, end my day, in the middle of my day. And so please know for our listeners, the container piece is everything. And if you right. um, experience beams and workshops and trainings and, and, and things in the future, you will, you will see what we're talking about. But also in the future, um, when Yolo comes on, we will definitely have him and talk about that. I recognize okay. that we are coming close to our end of our time. But what I wanted to do is give you some time, Leroy, to plug anything you want to plug that's coming up for BEAM. Um, share, just you know, anything you want to share with our listeners.
2: Right, for sure, for sure. So again, thank you, Alan and Jared, for having me on. Um, this was just so, you know, I love the work that you all do. And, um, you know, just so appreciative that is just being a part of this space so a couple of things we have coming up for being next thursday we have our building black minds nurturing black hearts a workshop for black masculinity to reimagine that's a space where we're going to be discussing how to support black boys and and masculine folks mental and emotional health in the school system uh and in the school and beyond especially with the COVID 19 and how that is going to drastically change, you know, an already, um, an already needing improvement school uh, education system, particular to the black, uh, to black masculine folks experiences. We also in September um, have our black mental health and healing justice peer support training. We have a September virtual immersion program um, our Black Mental Health and Healing Justice Peer Support Program training uh, equips, you know, ev- folks with knowledge of mental health issues and myths and challenges in the Black community, um, and, and it's going to provide you with, with tools and skills to offer healing justice-informed peer support uh, for yourself and folks around you. Uh, that's a four-session um, training immersion program uh, for, for folks to be a part of. Um, and then we're doing a Reiki a Reiki meditation for, for Black lives uh, as well at the end of August. Um, so a lot of things going on. You can check our, um, you can check what we have going on on our website, beam.community forward slash events. So you can be up to date on all the, all the uh, things that we have going on for the community. So yeah. Definitely.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. Follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook, et cetera. You will not be disappointed. I just want to say before Jared does the, the wrap up, the closure, uh, Leroy, I love you for who you are and what you represent and what you stand for and all that you give as it relates to Beam and, and as it relates to who you are and how it comes across. And hopefully, my, my, my hope and wish is that our listeners resonate with what you shared and, and what you were talking about and what being represents i felt fulfilled i felt connected i felt joy in the love um that you all extended and also the folks who were in the virtual space it was pretty powerful and i have yet to experience something like that again so thank you for that
2: thank you thank you thank you um thank you you know much love to you alan for again being a part of that space and you um were part of why that space was was so connected and why folks um felt the way they did so thank you so much for your work um you know again you're part of the being community now so you ain't going nowhere so we're going to work together you have here so get ready for that um yeah but you know thank you again much love thank you for the community and the connect and the connection um that you all have you know granted me the opportunity to be a part of, and I look to, to build that uh, community um, in the future with you
0: too. Yeah, thank, no, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. We really appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners appreciate it as well, and we'll, we'll definitely have you on again. This is a, uh, an evolving podcast um, that we just kind of sparked up because of this quarantine. Um, and and our students missing out on um, possibly seeing us and hearing us and having uh, a place to just find some some healing Um, and so that's just it's only growing and you're helping it grow with this this uh, interview or discussion so I look forward to to it and um, thank you all for uh, coming in today to listen to us and uh, you can find uh, the links um, to beam on our website, and um, I'm sure that you can find all those events on the calendar on Beam's website. And if not, we'll get those linked up for you as well. All righty. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Chill Spot Radio. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on our webpage at
2: chillspotradio.com.